Okay, so you're around 30 years old, you're recently married, but you've been living off the financial grid, fighting against the man, and you're not in the system anywhere. That's a dude with no credit score. Also got a new wife and he's ready to buy a home. Now, they figured out that they're going to need both incomes, and that means they're going to need a credit score for him so that they can get a loan to buy a home. Well, he decided to start listening to educational podcasts at two times speed and learn everything he needed to know about being a homeowner from a dude who sounded like he was sucking helium because you're listening at that double speed. Let's hear this story. Regular speed, I hope. everybody welcome in it's another fantastic interview episode where we get to hear about somebody who reached out to me in december closed on a home by let's see before saint patrick's day on saint patrick's day as a matter of fact so this is weston weston uh what part of the country are you in how's it going i'm in nashville tennessee awesome we're very excited to have you here i was just in nashville uh it was very fun uh good time to be there so uh, tell us about the biggest piece that you learned during this whole process, sir. I think the biggest piece that I've learned was buying a home is so much more attainable than I thought um, and that it all it takes is research and a good plan and um, some good teachers um, around you to get you to, uh, to where you need to be and just having the confidence to pull the trigger. I think that was the biggest thing that I learned. What was the key to, that uh, opened your mind to the attainability of it? Um, I mean, obviously, a fairy godmother didn't come down and tell you about it. Uh, what, how, how did you figure out that it was attainable? Yeah, so I think for me, there's a lot of uh, information paralysis. A lot of the times, there's so much information out there. It's hard to consolidate and concise, like put that into concise, um, digestible things. And so... Um, I think I was scared going into it that that would happen and that I would kind of just freeze. But um, what I learned was there's also a ton of gold nuggets to be found. Um, and it's so much, it's worth the risk to put yourself out there and try to do the research. Um, and it might just save you a ton of money. So yeah, it was, it was the research part of it was I literally just went on Spotify. I work um, where I can listen to music. And so I went to Spotify and said, all right, we want to buy a house. Where do I start? So I literally just started searching how to buy a home for first time home buyers. And then after a couple of flop podcasts, I came up on yours and I said, oh, wow, this guy actually isn't trying to sell me something. He's trying to just help people. So yeah, it was a huge help. And uh, I know you said that it can get analysis. We In sales, they call it the analysis paralysis. Back in yep. the days when I used to go to those sales seminars when I wanted to puke. Uh, what was, your, what was your, uh, your trick to get over the fact that I had, a, you know, 150, 160 episodes? How did you overcome the paralysis of that? Yeah, well, I actually leaned more into it. Um, I, well, I got through it as fast as I could. There you go. I, I waded through the swamp quick. <laughs> I put you on two times speed and just went to town, oh. uh, listened to every single episode you had. And so I was able to digest you quickly <laughs> and meeting you in real life. It was kind of funny having, you know, having you at real time speed. It was, it was very weird. 
<laughs> so uh, those of you out there, you need to know this. Um, uh, Weston and uh, his lovely bride, you guys got married right before you bought the house, right? We did, yeah, last yeah. June. Last year. Okay. So they got married last year and they started figuring out they wanted to buy a house. And uh, he psycho two times <laughs> speeded me. So uh, then there was a whole bunch of us realtors meeting in Nashville. And so his unicorn said, can I bring him? And I said, cool. And he was expecting me to come over and talk like a chipmunk uh, because he listened to me to two times speed. <laughs> so um, I was just so, so thrilled for both of you guys. Um, so talk to me about what, what, what do you think were some of the fears that you had ahead of time? that you realized were things that you you didn't need to be afraid of that attain i i love that we should we're going to name this episode attainability what where what did you learn was more attainable than you thought yeah so um i'm 31 now and prior to last year had not owned a credit card and didn't have anything in regards to credit in my name um so last july a month after we got married i opened up a credit card for the first time and started to build some credit. And, um, cause I knew that that would be something that I would need, um, after trying to, to be against the man, fight against the man's for so long, I decided to just give in and, and fight with the man. Um, and so I think that that was a, a huge, a huge challenge for me is being able to get over that hurdle of, okay, there's this, whole system and it's not necessarily in my favor right now. I have so many years that I could have, you know, leverage that, but now I can't. And so what am I going to be able to do? And so I think leaning into that, that was a huge fear was, would I be able to get the best rate or would I be able to get, you know, X, Y, and Z, um, having not done any of that. And then the education piece of it, I hadn't really been educated on anything regarding home purchases or anything like that. So being able to, being able to come to a realization that this is actually, you know, something that so many people do. It's not something out of your comfort zone. It may, you know, you may have to step out of your comfort zone to do it, but it's not your comfort zone can can be brought in to include that. And so, um, yeah, I think just finding the right information was was the key piece for me is to being able to turn that I can't do it or it's too much or I'm too lazy to just actually do the work to, okay, I'm going to sit down, do the work, just simple Google search, honestly, is what led me to start it all. And so, yeah, it's really, really that easy, to be honest. You know, I, it's, I, I tell people all the time, it's, it, it's simple, not easy, but there are parts of it that actually can be easy. Yes, okay, that so, is very, very good differentiation. Yeah. There, simple, not easy. <laughs> Except what's interesting is, I, I think we are kind of, I, I am kind of hearing that the credit was easier than you thought. Let's get down in the dirt on that. Got yep. married at 30, no credit card. Yep. Uh, how did you go? Like, what What were the details? How did you go from no credit to credit to being able to apply for a home loan in a matter of months? Yeah. So um, opened up a credit card um, with my wife and just started paying. It was one of those Delta Sky Miles credit cards. So we basically yep. used some of the miles to do our honeymoon. And so we were able to, to do that. Um, and that was kind of the the thought of, I knew I wanted some miles for a big purchase. So I'm like, okay, credit card, easy miles, 
but didn't didn't know that that would lead me into you know starting to to build good credit and starting to to do those type of things um also co-signed on a car with her um so some of that um led towards that credit and um <clears throat> funny though actually we um something really scary happened in November um right before we started looking for a house was um, long story short, we were doing some contracting for uh, the U.S. government overseas and during COVID and they were supposed to pay for some COVID tests, didn't end up paying for it. It got put onto my personal, you know, estate or whatever. And uh, they ended up sending me to collections a year and a half after the fact. And so it came up as a delinquency on my credit a month before I was trying to start buying a house. And so that was a huge just hit to me. Uh, my credit score sank like 140 points, something, something crazy. And it was just, it was just wild. So working through like trying to fight that and also like looking for a house and then what will this do to my credit? All that kind of stuff. Long story short, I was able to amend two of the three bureaus and they took an average or the, the median of those. And so it was actually like not as bad as what ended, what could, what it could have been. So it was really lucky, honestly, to have that. And so, yeah, just stepping in there and um, my wife has really good credit. And so that was a huge help. Um, but having joint credit, it, going into a house together, they take the, you know, the person with the least, uh, the least score. And so that I was like, okay, well, your credit actually doesn't help me much here at all. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was honestly talking to after you found us, our unicorn lender or unicorn realtor, she pointed us to some really good unicorn lenders um that were really really helpful in understanding kind of the more financially nitty-gritty side of like what scenarios would like this could could affect or couldn't affect or how could we get through this how could we you know step over these hurdles these aren't hurdles they're just or they're not roadblocks they're just hurdles that you just need to step over um so yeah it was really easy once we found the right people and got involved with the the unicorn network. <laughs> okay, there's another one. This is this podcast has a bunch of different names. They're not roadblocks; they're just hurdles. That's great. A couple really good things you brought up there, Weston. Was number one, the the lowest score is the score that they use. So Correct. if you've got an 825 partner and you're a 700 or a 680, they take the lowest person score. But what's interesting is. What you said was you had a 140-point hit against your score. There are three credit bureaus. You got two out of three to resolve that. And that was just a month before you called me, dude. Like, that's yeah. amazing. When you get the two out of three, they don't take an average of your three scores. Pretty much you can throw out the low score. They take what's called the mid-score. So if you were at 740 and they both dropped to 600, one of them can stay at 600. If you have a 600, a 725, and a 730, they take the middle score. So yes. they would take that 725. So do you remember way back in the beginning when you had zero credit? How quickly did you get a score and what was it? Do you remember? I think I got it within the, I think it was in a couple months, like a month or two is when I like, I probably got the score and then I started like, okay, I should probably like analyze and like keep track of the score. <laughs> so I finally got, you know, credit card and all these other things to, to help me keep track of those things. So 
Um, was it super low think, when you got it, or do you remember the it number? Was like, I think it was like six thirty, six forty, something like that. Dang, from zero to yeah. six thirty, six forty. Yeah, just like that. And I think some of my well, I did honestly, I hadn't had any previous history. Yeah. So it, it, so it there went was not, fast. There was less a negative. It was just low because you didn't have history, and history's a big part of the pie chart. Yep. That's why the authorized Correct. user can yep. help sometimes. But that's incredible. And then you got to the point that that you felt comfortable. I love the fact, too, it's a great lesson for everyone. Run all your options parallel to each other. A lot of people would have got that bad news and stopped the home search. It's fine. If you're with a unicorn support team, realtor and lender, they're going to keep working with you. They don't get paid till you close. So what happens if they're working with you and then you go, oh, wait a minute, my credit sunk. They're not going to keep work. They're not going to stop working. They'll keep working with you because you did that. And then because in December, you contacted me. We got you the unicorn in a couple days. And on St. Patrick's Day, you closed. How was it shopping for homes uh, at the beginning of 2023, when everyone thought that the world was going to end because interest rates were too high. It was very interesting because I had previously listened to every single one of your podcasts and it was like, yeah. you know, doomsdays here and everything. And then I was like, okay, now what is it like now? And so stepping into that was really interesting. Just kind of analyzing, okay, like, are there doing, are we doing buyer concessions here? Are we doing like, what, what's, what's happening here? Am I going to get into a crazy bidding war you know, am I going to get 10 grand off my closing costs? I don't know where the kind of the middle ground is here. And it really kind of was a middle ground. Um, we ended up closing. We, first of all, knew every single listing in the Nashville area that fit in our parameters. Every single time a house come in market, it's like, okay, put it in the bank. Yes, no, yep. under our list of things. And then, uh, yeah, but we closed. Um, we actually had just one counter uh, or one person interested. And so we just outbid them um, and got the house. So it wasn't a huge, you know, wasn't a huge difference uh, in anything, but um, it was as is. There was no, uh, no concessions. So yeah, it was really just kind of a cut and dry thing that people had been in the house, you know, 30 some years and the one, one owner and they just didn't want to go up the stairs anymore. So it was honestly like a perfect scenario. So It's, you know, I just recorded a podcast. It'll be coming out pretty soon here, but that's, it's what I tell people all the time. It's, congratulations. I'm really glad that your, your best friends or your cousin or, or even your parents bought a home eight months ago. Yeah. It's not the same eight minutes ago. So, you know, like, like, I don't even think I had a podcast in time for you. Yeah. I had a couple at the end of the year, uh, 2022, where like things are slowing. Maybe it's better for you now. Mm-hmm. And then like starting in February, I was like, it's urgent. But you got in in that one month when you only had one other person to deal with. Yep. So ah, and incredible. It, was, it was really interesting, too, because the national market was we were looking at some other ones that were a little bit, you know, under our price range, but they're kind of sort of fixer uppers. And we had our realtor go out there and look at them and everything. And then she's like, well, talk to the sellers. They've already got like six offers in within 24 hours and yada, yada. So it's really interesting analyzing what houses, you know, have those competitive um, bidding wars or what houses, you know, 
are open to negotiation and ours didn't have a lot to be done. And so it's just really interesting looking at different markets and seeing, all right, well, what's hot right now is fixer uppers. Everybody wants to, you know, do the remodel, do the whole flip. And so that's, we kind of realized that and said, okay, maybe we need to switch gears and look more towards, you know, something that's put together and something that we can do, you know, little bits here and there and, you know, spruce up projects, but not something that needs to be completely redone. Interesting. So what was the secret there? Was yours a little more expensive than the fixers that you were looking at? It was a little more expensive and a little less, a little less square footage. And okay. But the the other ones were, you know, in new up and coming areas. And so everybody was trying to get that piece of property where they could just, you know, turn it over in one, two years and be, you know, be sitting pretty. So yeah, it was just, it was just interesting. That's so, and it's, it, it varies everywhere you go. That's why it's like, I love doing my podcast for everybody in the United States and Canada, but then people will send me a Zillow from, you know, like Chicago and go, what do you think about this house? I don't know. (laughs) Like, seriously, you have to talk to your unicorn because like around here in Southern California, the new ones are hot. Uh, I think, you know, between me and you, it's because it's a little, people don't like to get their hands as dirty here in Southern California. It's a little, little Instagram she-she people. And, uh, <laughs> they don't they, wear boots as much, do they? No, they do not. No, they do not. That was fun in Nashville. I saw some fun boots. So yeah, and I was the dork showing up with my big flat hat trying to be silly. Um, <laughs> uh, what about the, uh, the, the financing for your process? Did you guys save ahead of time? Uh, did you listen to the podcast and go, holy crap, I don't need 20%. How did guys work for you? Yeah, because so, you just got married. Um, like, how do how do you have it, any money left? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's funny. Before that, too, um, wasn't doing too hot. You know, personal finance wise, had a couple of things fall through, and so it was kind of a really a start over. Um, in what was that twenty twenty two or whatever twenty twenty one twenty twenty two is kind of when yep. you know my life went on the positive you know financial track, and so it was a situation where yeah, we didn't have much. Um, in regards to financing, but we are both actually working the same job and, you know, don't have any kids and we're just able to put our heads down and, um, kind of do a lot of work. Also have fun at the same time, but also save a lot. Um, knowing that, you know, we're only renting an apartment right now. Um, and we were actually in Colorado. Um, and the reason that we left was because of rent, um, and just being absolutely astronomical. Um, and so, yeah, it was a situation where we were, um, yeah, just put our heads down and said, okay, we can come up with this much money. Um, I think we can make it happen. Um, and we were looking at probably 5% um, down. We reached out to some families or some family and some friends and everything like that and ended up having my brother um, cover, you know, 5% as well. And so we put 10% down. And so that was a, that was something I wanted to do is put as much down as we could financially come up with just to be able to, you know, get, get that interest rate or not the interest rate, but get the interest in the long run as down as much as we could. Well, you know, that's, that's the exciting thing about it is that I, what, what you guys did, uh, you know, I think what happens is people, people just take a little bit too long. If, if they start feeling like they're getting their footing going in 21, 22, then they go, all right, a couple more years of this and we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, you don't have to reach out in December and, you know, put an offer in in February and close in March. 
But if you've only got a year or two of, of serious adulting and responsibility under your belt and there's there's you, you can go as quickly as you guys did with maybe even 5% down. That was a choice. I don't know if your offer, I don't think the difference between 5% or 10% meant that your offer wouldn't have got accepted. Uh, yep. I think that probably the presentation, because I know you had a killer unicorn team. Yes, indeed. But being able to have that understanding that if we want to, we can. And now you guys are sitting pretty. Not to mention the fact that, have you been, I, I'm the real estate dork. Have you been taking a look at the news and mortgage rates over the past few weeks? Yep, I have. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are probably going to be thinking about, you know, potentially refinancing here in the next little while and saving a big chunk every single month. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. And I will say it's it's something that is not in my nature to go this fast. It's something that I want to mull over and to be able to crunch numbers and look for that opportune moment and wait for that opportune moment. Um, but my wife, on the other hand, is a go-getter and someone who likes to see things done. Um, and that's a beautiful, you know, that's a beautiful marriage in us because I did all the research. She had all the the drive to actually get it done. And so that just made a beautiful pairing of, okay, we know what we need to do. Now let's do it. And so it's, I'm like, well, we could actually look a couple things more. And she's like, nope, let's do it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Well, that's the, that's the great part. Cause when I met you guys, we talked a little bit about that. Uh, giggled and laughed quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's the, the, there are a few people out there that are giving 30 second advice and social media advice, and they mean well. Um, there's a lot of them who don't really know. And yeah. the reason I started the podcast was exactly for couples like you. She can listen to 10 minutes of an episode and go, see, I told you, and start shopping. Yep. You can listen exactly. to me two times speed. <laughs> and now, but at least you felt because of all that information that you felt like, okay, I've done the research at least. Because yes. the hardest part to explain to anyone is, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I don't care, but I'm telling you the best time for you to buy a house was yesterday. Yep. Period. You know, at your age, if you're renting, and you did the work, you realized, you know, I, I'm not telling you buy a house at 22 if you're not comfortable. Look what you guys did. You decided to get married. You even moved towns. And, yep. you know, by understanding this town doesn't work for us and then talking to someone else in a cheaper town, which I don't understand why they're cheaper, because I think they're both great places. But, yeah. um, you know, I, w I was blown away. But Nashville's got so many people moving there right now that if you need a unicorn, reach out. I, I yep. heard some crazy stat when we were there. It's like 200 people a day are moving to Nashville. So it's crazy. I, I don't know. Last year, it was the... It was number one in year on yet or year over year percentage increase of of valuation wow. of homes or something like that. It was it's nuts. I don't know if it's all for those bikes. I saw those bikes that have a bar in the middle when I was there. <laughs> yeah. I must have seen yeah. like six of them. I think it's because we were down by the convention center, but they literally oh, yeah. have these bikes that ride on the road and there's like a row of, uh, a row on one side, a row on the other. And when they hit a red light, a bartender pops up and gives everybody shots. It was crazy. Yep, <laughs> bridesmaid, downtown Nashville is bridesmaid, bridesmaid central. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's probably it's probably number two only to Vegas. I bet oh. that's pretty incredible. Yep, I would agree. 
Anything else about the process that for those who are out there listening, because we've gotten a lot of great stuff here and you've inspired a lot of people, especially with that credit aspect. And yeah. I, I, I think people should really listen to the last part too. Partners, uh, it, it makes life challenging, but understanding each other's strengths can really lift up the home buying process. Was there anything else about it? Now you, you did no concessions. That wasn't a worry. You felt good with the inspection. Yeah. Yeah. I felt good with the inspection. I'm pretty, pretty handsy and pretty, uh, can do a lot of things in regards to just being able to look at something and then get it done. And so, uh, that was something that I didn't feel too, too crazy about. I knew if I just could get some good bones of a house, then, you know, everything, the little limbs here and there that are falling off, I could, I could repair pretty easy. Um, but yeah, no concessions, no nothing, just pretty straight forward. Uh, we just outbid the, the pre, the other, the other uh, offer. And so they were able to go with it. And I think less than three hours they got back to us and said, yep, we'll go with you. And so wow. yeah, it was pretty, it was, it was a combination of just having a really good realtor and knowing how to, what to do in whatever situation um, you're in. And that was something that was super, super helpful to us. And I would say that if you're looking for a realtor and a lender to look for someone who communicates well um, and communicates the way that you communicate, I think a uh, one of the, I searched for, you know, I shopped around for lenders for four or five lenders, um, shopped around and everything like that. And it really was, I was surprised with how unofficial and um, bad some lenders were at communicating. And it was really interesting to me of like, hey, this is like your biggest or my biggest, you know, financial transaction that I've ever made. You could at least like, not refer to me as bro or like things like that. Like you could be a little bit more uh, official with it, but yeah, the lenders that we found were super communicative and um, just talked in a way that was engaging, but also kept you in the know and was able to say, Hey, you know, you're good. You don't have to be waiting on anything right now. You can sit tight or, Hey, we're going to need this. This is coming up. And so being able to, set your mind to ease during the process. That was super huge for us. Um, just having going into it being the first time we didn't know if we needed to do something or we needed to wait or yada, yada. So it was really good to, to be able to have that support, um, around us to be able to know that we were, we weren't making any mistakes. We were doing everything the way it needed to be done. And it was honestly such a smooth, we actually moved our closing date up three, four days because of, you know, just the ability that the lender had to do what they needed to do. We did what we needed to do and we were able to knock it out of the park. That's uh, highly unusual. Most of the time it's three or four days late because of the lender. But, you know, maybe that was the bro lender. I love that. <laughs> the, it's it's the all, all these people in sales who, who, you know, took some class or listened to a tape about make sure you're relatable. And yeah. they go to these. That doesn't endear go you to, to me. Yeah, that does not endear you. <laughs> yeah. This is the yeah. biggest transaction of my life. Can we yeah. please get the information that I need? Well, that's the yep. that's the real estate revolution that we're starting here with Unicorn Nation yep. is is treat you like you know you're an actual real customer, not just uh, a little throwaway to you know fill in while I'm waiting to do these luxury deals. Yep. So that's awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it was it. A, a pleasure for me to meet you and your bride. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all these awesome nuggets. Um, thank you so much. And you guys enjoy your home in Nashville. 
Absolutely. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks. Weston is a really cool guy. I was so glad I got to actually meet him and his lovely bride in uh, Nashville when I was visiting there. My favorite thing he said was probably right at the top. His quote, buying a home was so much more attainable than I thought. That, I need to put that on a poster and stick it on the wall. Understanding the whole real process for people to be able to do this the right way. There's no tricks. There's no gimmicks. There's no fake numbers. Now, this story, Weston and his wife, they're a normal couple. They make normal money and they bought a normal home at the normal national average around $400,000. And they used a 10% down payment, a little bit above the national average for down payment of 7 or 8% for first-time homebuyers. But the interesting thing about that story was we heard Weston, he had no credit score at all, zero. But they didn't go and chase that crazy loan program. They didn't chase some weird headline, you know, like the car dealerships that say they'll do anything with people with bad credit. We finance anyone. Sure you will for a bajillion percent on my loan. Now, could they have gotten a loan when he had just that beginning low credit score? And could they have tried to use all kinds of grants and government programs and uh, down payment assistance and things to help them get a super low down payment with a low credit score of like even as low as 580? Yes, that's possible. But because Weston is a glutton for punishment and for his own personal education, he listened to me on two times speed and heard over 160 episodes, including other success story interviews that probably gave him some better ideas. And he decided that he was going to stop fighting against the man and the system that was rigged against him. They decided that he should stop the analysis paralysis and get to work. That way they opened up better options for themselves. They got to work. And together with his wife, they set themselves up in a great position to get a substantial loan, $400,000, gang, with 10% down, decent credit, no grants, no down payment assistance. Is this right for everybody? No, it's absolutely not. But the goal of the podcast is for you to understand there are several different ways that you can skin this cat. For Weston and his wife, they saved, they planned, they got educated, and ultimately it was the positive attitude and, of course, listening to me two times speed. So I was talking really fast like this. If you're listening to me two times right now, this is going to sound really odd to you because now I'm going to sound four times fast. They help discover that there are no roadblocks, only hurdles to overcome. Another good quote from my boy, Weston. And yeah, gang, if you're listening to this, now he listened to 160 episodes in like a week. Okay, maybe two. I don't remember. Uh, but if you've been listening for a year or two or three, and you haven't started your process or your personal plan, well, I'm here to explain to you that there's a fine line between educating and over-educating, finding the time to take action. Once you have the right roadmap, I mean, look what happened to them. They started just before Christmas, early December, and they got their keys to their home on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. That's fast. As he said in the interview, it's not daunting. And I'll take it one step further. It's not daunting. It's doable. Everyone needs to know about credit scores and understanding how that works and understanding saving money versus paying down your debt and working that balancing act. But until you get your own support team working with you on your personal situation, you might not have all the detailed information. 
like for them, they got the detailed information regarding mid-credit scores for couples, understanding that it wasn't an average, understanding that they took the lowest mid-score of one person. What does that mean? They had to figure it out. Figuring out is it best to go with a 3% down, 3.5% down, 5% down, 10% down. Understanding how your personal DTI, your debt-to-income ratio, is going to affect your actual approval for a home. Therefore, it's going to affect, are you going to be paying down debt or are you going to be building up savings? It's your own personal plan. And until you're talking to a team, all of this is going to sound like me two times fast, just spitting facts that make no sense to you. So the best way to start is to go back and listen to episode 164. Finally, after four years, figured out how to explain this thing to you. That's the 10 basic starter steps to find out where you are on the shoots and ladders game board before buying your first home. Once you find out where you are on the board, like Weston said, found a great support team that communicates with you your way. Then you'll get the guidance that you need to hit those ladders and climb and skip extra steps and avoid those shoots that'll take you back down and have you starting over again. So I really am just kind of at a loss because that was just a great interview. And once again, I'm so happy that so many of you folks out there are finding this podcast and understanding how to work. And I mean, look at this incredible story. This is a guy that went from zero credit score as an adult, not an 18-year-old, even though technically those that's an adult too, but you know what I mean. Went from zero credit score to a homeowner in just a short period. And you don't have to be insane and listen to the podcast at two times speed like he did. Jeez, even I don't want that much me in my own life. <laughs> but do me a favor right now, subscribe to the podcast, review, rate, let's get the revolution going. The fact that I got to meet these guys live and in person and look at them in their face and realize that I stopped trying to help so many people here just in one place learn how to buy a home. And I decided to spread the word to everybody everywhere because I was seeing so many people get screwed. So write a review. Tell other people how excited you are about this. Share the podcast. Share it with them. You should be excited right now. What if you're sitting there going, oh, my credit score sucks. Really? Is it zero? Really? Because zero sucks worse than your score. But if you've got the right plan and you've got a team working with you and you're not chasing somebody who's just trying to sell you something, we finance anything. I'm not selling you anything. There's no workshop. There's no seminar. There's no webinar. There's no pay for a download. This is all for free for you because I got sick and tired of you getting ripped off. So don't believe the too good to be true sales pitches trying to help first time home buyers. You know what to do. Find your best team and find your best plan, not the internet's best plan. Your best and correct plan for you. And then you can do this. <laughs>